<laughs> All right. Yeah, dude. Let's do it, baby. Yeah, Welcome baby. Welcome to on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Stryker. I'm an actor, comedian, one of your hosts. My name is Aaron. I am a host of this podcast, not a motherfucking actor. Um, no, I, <laughs> I just, I just wanted to jump the gun this time. But uh, Aaron, you are an actor. No, you're an actor. Spencer, I've passed this chapter in my life. You're- I am a general manager of a small garbage disposal <laughs> company. Uh, so you're in the mafia. Yeah, actually. <laughs> that's the only reason why I like like the job. I'm like, oh, yeah, I work in waste management. So, okay, but like I Tony have a Soprano. question for you. Yes. Is it, are you in this job currently? Yes. Because you are preparing for a role. Yeah. Where you play a mafioso in the 70s so, in New York. So what actually, that's close enough, but what actually happened is there was so much backlash from many saints of Newark that they just nixed <laughs> Michael Gandolfini from existence. They actually just deleted him from reality. That was a really bad movie. And they said, oh, this fucking slightly fat non-Italian guy from <laughs> Calgary with no Italian descent <laughs> goes hey uh by the bing uh, oh maron uh, um is actually going to be the next tony soprano cavagool over yeah. here yeah. carmella come a suck on the wiener um <laughs> i'm actually yeah i'm gonna be the the next tony soprano i you know what i want you to do a tony soprano impression right now <laughs> like a real one the gabagool <laughs> no I'm not, I'm not gonna fucking do a tony soprano accent uh impression because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ducks meadow. No, I can't. I can't because he's too good. Uh, but we're meadow. We- come take a look at these fucking ducks. No, that wasn't good either. I can't give it to. I can't give it. I can't do James Gandolfini. He's too good. I'll do a, a James Gandolfini impression. <laughs> <laughs> my art. <laughs> Which actually makes me feel bad because he's literally my favorite actor, and that's my favorite TV show of all time. I will say another random, uh, really good one: uh, "Killing Them Softly." Mm-hmm. He's in that movie, uh, and he is fucking phenomenal. In the that drop movie. is good too. With yeah, Tom Hardy. That's another good one. That's a um, really good one. Um, he's in what movie is he? In? What Tarantino? Fucking, I'm forgetting the fucking movie. Uh, the vampire movie. No, he's not in that. I'm blanking. Anyways, anyways, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini, very good. Sad he died of a heart attack. But um, sad his son, not sad his son sucked in the movie because I'm Tony Soprano. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Tony Soprano. You are Tony Soprano. <laughs> no, I, I really do like it. I used to have that poster in my in our room in Toronto. I had a Sopranos <laughs> poster like above my bed. Yeah, yeah, no, big fan, big fan. But speaking of things I've been watching, me and Sarah are watching The Sopranos, which is good. She's never seen it. But we also watched Puss in Boots, the new one. Uh, What's it called, Sam? Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Wish. Actually fucking awesome, dude. Like, it had a little bit of, like, the Into the Spider-Verse animation thing. Like, it did a little bit of the cool animation stuff. But the story itself was fucking, like, yeah, like, heavy. Really? Yeah, so, like, I, I, I won't spoil too much, but, like, Puss in Boots has used eight of his nine lives. And death is now chasing him. Like death itself is chasing him. And he is, um, yeah. And he's like kind of like battling with his identity as this like fearless cat warrior. And like, you know, the guy that doesn't care about, you know, um, he's just reckless in his 
you know, adventures and doesn't care whether or not he's going to, you know, die or not because he's got an island. He's on his last life and he gets kind of introspective about it. And yeah, it's very good fucking movie. Wow. Yeah. I was actually thoroughly impressed. And like the fuck, I thought the little, there's like a little dog in it. I thought he was going to be super fucking annoying, but he wasn't. Yeah. Like he's got an annoying voice, but he wasn't annoying at all. Who's the voice of the dog? Oh, I don't know. No, so, Mulaney and then, um, so, does Antonio ben, Banderas. Banderas and Salma Hayek's in it. Ooh. Um, but man, oh man, was it fucking good. Like, like I was really impressed. I prefer oh, Florence, Florence, Florence Pugh is in it as well. Um, she plays Goldilocks. Florence Pugh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we should probably crack our beer. Yes, we have a special beer today. We got a special beer today. Um, I got a I got a snuff can to crack it open Ooh, with. You want to do it that way? I want to do it that way. I want to okay. be I want to be trash. I want to be do it pure trash. So, this is chapter Fuck. four. It's a barrel aged wheat ale. It's eleven point six percent. Oh alcohol. Jesus Christ, Sam! What are you doing to us? <laughs> what the fuck, Sam? Uh, you do this every time. Get, you, go get yourself a glass. Yeah, go get yourself a glass. You gotta get, in get on yourself this. a glass. Uh, Put your back to the camera yeah, when you walk in front of it. Yeah, don't show your face. Nobody wants to see it. Um, <laughs> ah, that was mean. That was mean. I'm only saying that because we don't want to show Sam's face. Yeah, it's true. Sam, yeah. Sam's camera shy. Sam is a little camera shy, but uh, there's a reason that you need to keep listening until at least our one year anniversary. Mm. <laughs> okay, because it September it, of next year. Well, this year of this year. Yeah, yeah, it is the new year. So, Sam, you brewed this. Ooh. It was barreled aged. It's the four year anniversary beer of our official non official sponsor, Cabin, Cabin Brewery. Brewery. Yeah. Um Yeah, Sam is heavily involved. We were just talking beer. Sam knows a lot of stuff about beer. This is like the champagne of beers. No, that's Miller That's High Miller High Life. <laughs> yeah. Which is like the baby duck of champagne and beers. Yeah. Miller High Life sucks. <laughs> it does, in fact, not good. Okay, let's see it, Spencer. Oh, no. Uh, here, let's just use my key yeah. bottle opener. I wanted to be trash, but I can't. Maybe if there wasn't wax, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I also took off the wax. Fuck. Wow, that is very uh, solidly on. Yeah. It's been released. Is there beeswax on it? Ooh! That is stanky. Stanky? <laughs> oh, go ahead. All right. Oh, two-hand pour it. Two-hand pour. Oh, that's darker than I thought it was going to be. I don't know what quantity. That's quite heavy. I'm going to take... Oh, shit. That smells very sweet. Oh, there's still so much left. You I'm going to try and like, just stick my hand in here. You definitely have room for more. You should also blur your face if you do get seen. Samwise. Samwise Ganji. There's definitely more for you, Spencer. I like how, uh, because I'm not driving, I'm going to end up finishing. <laughs> You'll probably drink the rest of mine in my bottle, too, in my cup here, too. Holy shit. All right. This is going to be delicious. I am excited to try this. Chapter four. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, cheers Sam. Wow. Okay. That's very, very beery. That's a sipper. That is a sipper. <laughs> yeah. That is sweet. That yeah. is really sweet. I'll put it on the table, yeah. That is uh, surprisingly sweet, honestly. Whew. 
Holy fuck. I think I grew 15 new chest hairs. I think, That first fucking sip. Holy titties. I think that uh, I have hair where I never had hair before because of that. Which is like not, not in a lot of places. Not in a lot yeah. of places. I'm a pretty hairy boy. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? I'm so hairy they call me Harry Styles. Oh. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I suppose so. I I hate it when you tell a bad joke and then you just stare at me. It's like <laughs> the fucking worst. It's the worst. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> nope, okay. Um. Anyways, it's been a good week. The guys are buzzing. This is a two-episode day. This is a two-episode day. Uh-huh. I did change my shirt specifically for this episode. Nice. Um, I, I know we were like, we talked about doing that before, but I, I just brought the one shirt today yeah. yeah no you know what the last time that we did it it didn't work out well where we changed shirts in between no no um because <laughs> then we tried to play it off like it wasn't the same day <laughs> no everything went to shit we'll release that episode on the patreon eventually yeah when we have no it. that was uh, it was uh, very that was off the rails there's many things that would have to be censored and taken so out many and things <laughs> we would have gotten sued yeah probably um they're funny because our first ever like yeah, that's true. Yeah, the first clip we ever did, which is probably our best clip, I'd say. I think, yeah, it's up yeah, there. It's yeah. up there. It's definitely up there. We have, uh, well, surprisingly, the uh, the Lennon one did really well on TikTok. Nice. The, the, that one did well on TikTok. I like that. I like that guy that commented and he was like, "Oh, you guys and your like four followers really talking about John Lennon." And I wanted to comment back. Well, we have more TikTok followers than John Lennon. Yeah. So fuck you. Also, also yeah, fuck you. Uh, sorry, it's not like uh, I'm. I'm uh, gonna give credit to this person. Adam Kostiak said it perfectly. He was like. Well, it's not like John Lennon hasn't been a target before. I mean, he got <laughs> shot for fuck's sake. And I was like, you know what? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, man. You know, when I read The Catcher in the Rye, I was like, <laughs> fuck, I want to shoot John Lennon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> our, our book recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah book recommendation of the week, Catcher in the Rye. Um, it's a good read, especially if you own a handgun and live in New York City. You know what? I <laughs> In 1980. I'm going to say a controversial thing. <laughs> yes. Jane Eyre is Catcher in the Rye for women. Hmm. Yeah, nice. It's a fucking awful book. Makes no sense. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes. I'm not pumping any brakes. I do not think The Catcher in the Rye is an awful book. I I think it really depends on what time of your life you read it. That's true. I read yeah. it in my 20s, so maybe that would. Yeah, yeah, no. Because I remember starting to read it in high school and being like, wow, this guy sounds fucking whiny and annoying. I think I read it in seventh or eighth grade. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It was a pretty sweet spot for it. That is definitely a sweet spot. I had to, uh, I don't know if you ever had to read The Chrysalids when you were in high school. I read school. that, yeah. That was one of the worst books. We read Great Expectations as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird was a good great, one. Great though. Expectations left me with low, <laughs> low, low results. Very low yeah. expectations. Yeah. Yeah. What was your guys' favorite, like, read in school that you had to? Ooh. Ooh. I think for me, probably it's going to sound really hacky, but Hamlet, because I thought Shakespeare was stupid before that. And then reading Hamlet, that's a that's a good pick. I I, I really liked it. And then I also it's funny because we had to do we had to do a couple of projects to make up like 20 points Mm -hmm. or something. Right. And so there was things that were weighed differently. Like if you did like a one page poem about it, it was like five points or whatever. One of the things, because nobody was going to do it, my teacher thought, was performing Hamlet, like, performing a, a soliloquy from mm. it. 
And so I fucking did. I performed it in front of the class, and I literally looked at it five minutes before class started (laughs) and just, like, quick memorized it and went in and did it. And I remember at the time, like, I was like, I never want to be an actor. I'm like, that was probably a sign that I should be an actor if I fucking learned (laughs) Hamlet in five fucking minutes before class. Yes, yes, (laughs) I'd say so. I was just thinking, too, I think the best read, the most impactful read I had in high school would have been uh, Night by Ellie Wiesel. Mm. It's like a um, direct account of, like, being in the Holocaust. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, it's a very good read, which also read me to a book, brought me to a book, which I recommended to Sam at one point in time, Man's Search for Meaning, mm. which is, like, I, th- I think everybody should read that book. It's basically, this guy is, he's in um, a concentration camp, and he's... He's in Auschwitz. He's in Auschwitz, and he's searching for, you know, meaning in life in, you know, the worst situation you could possibly be in. It's an incredible read. It's a really fantastic book. So it's um, basically Hogan's Hero, the book? <laughs> not quite. Not quite. <laughs> um, which, like, leads you, if, you, if you're into those sort of books, it'll lead you into, like, Siddhartha and things like that and about searching for meaning in life and meaning in um, bad situations and things like that. It's a really good read. I recommend anybody to read it on a, that's just on a serious note. Anybody mm-hmm. can read it. It's a really, really good book. Well, except for illiterate people. Yes. They can't read it. Yes. Sorry, Facts. Florida. Facts. Uh. Facts. But yeah, I'd recommend that book. I think a lot of people read it. It's a very, very famous book. Um, so yeah, give that one a read. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, before we get into the episode, I should probably give some plugs for gigs. Yes, plug away. Plugs. Uh, so, uh, uh, Lethbridge was fun, or it is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, we haven't decided we what haven't order decided these, what episodes, order are these episodes are coming out yeah. in. But uh, Lethbridge was fun, and or is going to be fun. Uh, it's on the twentieth of January. Uh, that we're doing the show for the CBC. Me, Brittany Lysing, and Faris Haitia. We're also doing show on the twenty first. Uh, I'm opening both these shows, so come on out. It's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Or if you did come out. Thank you for coming out. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Really nice. glad that you came out. Uh, you except were, for you that were, one person. Yeah, you were hilarious. Um, I, I was funny. There was one person that was terrible in the front row. Yeah. You know who you were. It was, um, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heckled. Yeah. Uh, I heckled. Which, you know what? I deserved it. I was like, well, hey, you're that guy from that lame-ass podcast. <laughs> Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, you suck. You suck, dude. Say um and like more, you yeah, fucking bumblemouth. Yeah, dude, you only have four followers on TikTok. <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> Heard you're from Saskatchewan. That's lame. <laughs> more like Saskatchewan. Yes, yeah, Saskatchewan. Assuwan. From East End, East End of my nutsack. You suck, dude. <laughs> That was actually, uh, yeah, that was quote for quote. And uh, also, you think the guy threw in this little thing, too. Quit calling that guy Aaron an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not an actor. And and you know what? Fair. I deserved all of it. Yeah, you did. Except for the Aaron the actor part, because you are an actor. So that that's where, like, we had to draw the line. Uh, that was uncalled for, this really. End. This, this, the, this is the anal contusions. Just little at ever end. Anal contusions. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, the other gig I got to promote, uh, the fundraiser show for Sandy yes. Cooper Black. Uh, again, I don't know which order these episodes are coming out in, but uh, Sandy Cooper Black is a uh, 16-year-old bronc rider from near my hometown. He got in a wreck. He's now a paraplegic, and uh, they are 
having to raise a bunch of money for him because of, you know, upgrades to the house to make it wheelchair accessible to help with, like, you know, him being able to use the yeah, bathroom and shower and, and all of that stuff. So uh, he's currently in the spinal care unit at Foothills Hospital. I'm going to visit him this week. Uh, but I had contacted his mom because I really wanted to reach out. I saw a lot of myself in this kid. And um, so I wanted to reach out and, and help out in any way that I could. So if you are in Calgary on February 1st, it's a Wednesday at 7 p.m. We're doing a fundraiser show. All of the comedians that are on the show are volunteering their time. I'm really thankful for them to be willing to do this. Uh, I usually, you know, I, I hate asking people to volunteer. but uh, And so it was kind of awkward because I... I, I'm bad at asking people to do things for free. Uh, we're doing a podcast, but <laughs> anyways, but but uh, everyone was super on board. Uh, nice. So the lineup is really good. We got a Mulsary, we got Brittany Lyson, Gabby Rose, Corey Mack, Lori Gibbs, Dale Ward, Mark McHugh. Uh, I think I'm forgetting Siobhan. Uh, Siobhan, I think is going to be on it. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, uh, you know what? There's there's a whole bunch of uh, Cowboy Cole Robertson. He's on it. There's a whole bunch of comics on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, 100% of the proceeds are going to uh, the family. I hope that we are able to raise at least $500 yep. for the cause. Um, and everybody that comes that night, uh, l- like we will have, uh, you know, we'll have all the information so that you can also donate to the GoFundMe on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that one is really important. So come out to that February 1st, February 1st at the tea house, at the tea house, downtown Calgary, downtown Calgary. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun show. No, that's awesome, man. Uh, it's a good cause. We hope that, uh, what's his, what's his? Sandy, Sandy, sorry. <laughs> yeah. We hope Sandy can get, uh, you know, get sorted out and yeah. you know, start, start living life again. It's a terrible accident. So, and it sucks too. Like at 16, I can't imagine how fucking awful that would be you know yeah. like and i mean like i had my fair share of rodeo injuries when i was a kid obviously nothing that was like life altering like that no. and so um that could have that could have ended up being me or any one of my friends you know that i grew up with mm-hmm. and uh that is obviously a risk in the sport we all know that going into it but it doesn't take away from the fact that that is horrible and and uh that's terrible i mean he's but i will say this everything that uh his recovery has seemed to be going really well so far yeah uh, i actually heard him on the cbc they were interviewing him and he yeah. talked about how they didn't even think he'd be able to talk yeah and he's he was interviewing so yeah. obviously he's uh he's a fucking trooper he's a trooper yeah. he literally there was uh the doctor said if they had removed the breathing tube there was a 95 percent chance that he would stop breathing and one doctor was like well he kind of seems like a fighter, so he might be in that 5% chance that is going to Fuck yeah, man. F- fucking breathe, and he did, and he is, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, the kid from the Humboldt Broncos, uh, mm, Ryan, Ryan, think, yeah, yeah he, he went and visited him and gave him the uh, uh, sledge hockey stick that was mm-hmm. given to him when he first had his accident, um, and uh, I have no doubt that this kid's going to fucking Yeah, we're pulling for you. Come we're, out strong. we're in your corner, Sandy. We're, we're in, in your corner. corner. Misfits are in your corner, baby. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's get into the episode. Let's get yes, into the sir. This bolts. is going to be a fun one today. It's going to be a really fun one. I uh, I'm excited. It is. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I'd say. I'd put it. I'd put it in that like you know category mm-hmm. of uh, renowned albums. Yes, it's certainly a huge album, especially for the 1980s especially for the 1980s especially for 1984 mm-hmm. it came out the exact same year as Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA mm-hmm. 
Nice. Uh, only a couple of weeks apart, actually. Ooh. The album that we're doing is bum, 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 bum. Purple Rain by Prince. Ooh. All right. So. Dearly this, beloved. We are gathered here <laughs> to get through this thing called life. Dearly beloved. <laughs> Electric word life. It means forever. And that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you. There's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. Where you can always see the sun in day or night. Nice. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be all right. Instead of asking him how much of your time is left, ask him how much of your mind, baby. Because in this life, things are much harder than the afterworld. This life... You're on your own. Because if the elevator tries to break you down, nice. go crazy. Let's Punch go. the higher flow. Nice. If you don't like <laughs> the world you're living in, ah. take a look around. Nice. At least you got your friends. Yes, you do. Now come on, baby. Uh-huh. Now spread the word. Spread the word. Pick that song. Drop <laughs> it on the floor. Us, us. That's all I heard. We ain't gonna let the elevator break us down. No, no, let's, let's go. go. Let's go crazy. All right, all right, all right. Let's get nuts. All right, all right. Let's not go crazy because you're driving me there. Uh, <laughs> copyright uh, infringement taken down from the old... YouTube's. We got our first strike. Got our first uh, strike. Yeah, yeah, first strike. Um, it is different than the way that Prince did it. Yes, it's it's slightly different. It's way worse. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the comments from the Christmas episode when I sang. Uh, there was a few comments that we got that were people just being like, "Holy fuck, that was the longest fucking intro ever." <laughs> I hated that so much. And uh, now they get to relive that feeling. Yeah, yeah, no, dude. The the one thing I loved about the Christmas song you did. Sorry, my fucking microphone. The Christmas <laughs> song you were doing is you sounded like you fucking smoked like fifteen packs of cigarettes before you fucking got in there. I did. Yeah, yeah you were like, <laughs> I had no breath. That yeah, that fucking, I know. You must. Have oh. been, I think you were sick because you sounded hoarse. I sounded hoarse. Yeah, I, I, and and not like a not like a strawberry roan. No. It sounded like uh, like like horus. Yeah, you sounded like a donkey. You I sounded s- like a donkey. Yeah, you sounded like a donkey, and not <laughs> not like Eddie Murphy. No, you know, like a real donkey. I did not sound like a donkey that fucks a dragon. No, no. You just sounded like a donkey that fucks other donkeys. I did. I was yeah. like, ah! <laughs> ah! okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ah, people's ears. I know when I listen to the episode, my ears are gonna <laughs> scream at that moment in time. All right, so. Princess Purple Rain. The album was released on June 25th, 1984 by Warner Brothers. It is the sixth studio album, and it is Prince's most pop-oriented album, but still heavily Mm -hmm. genre-bending. There's influences of R&B, heavy metal, funk, disco, blues. There's a little bit of everything in here. Uh, And it tells the same story as the movie, but in a drastically different order. Yes. Um... Everything in the movie was just a hodgepodge of the songs, but there were some cool other other songs in there yeah. from other singers. Um, it was released one month before the film. Uh, Prince played a ton of the instruments on this album. 
Uh, but he had a core group of people who he trusted who contributed to the album, including The Revolution, mm-hmm. uh, staff engineer Susan Rogers, and David Rivkin, who was a former member of Lips, Inc., Ooh. who sang Funky Town. You take me to Funky Town! Mm-hmm. Uh, and he produced the fine young cannibal, She Drives Me Crazy. She drives me crazy. Ooh, ooh. ooh we got so, much so-, so many songs today. Yeah. And he also, like, the reason he was so inf- influential in that is he added that really distinct snare mm. into She Drives Me Crazy. Uh, he also worked with Buddy Guy and Billy Idol. Oh, good old Buddy Guy. Good old Buddy Guy. Oh, I know Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy over there. Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy. I'm not your Buddy Guy. <laughs> buddy Guy. I'm not your guy, friend. I'm not your guy, buddy. I'm not your buddy, friend. I'm not your buddy, guy. <laughs> 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 oh Jesus! Uh, now about the movie, Albert Magnoli, who directed the film, also directed Tango and Cash oh. a few years later with Sylvester Stallone. Nice. Uh, this film made seventy million at the box office against a seven million dollar budget. That's pretty fun. Good. That is really good, especially for that time. Yep. Um, especially for that movie. Especially for that movie. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people like our parents' age. Who have told me that movie was good. Mm-hmm. I watched it. <laughs> it is not. Uh, Prince isn't a bad actor. No. But the person who replaced Vanity, because the part that uh, Apollina uh, played, mm-hmm. that was supposed to be Vanity. But then Vanity was like, I don't want to do this. The person who replaced her was one of the worst fucking actors I've ever seen in my life. She won the Golden Raspberry for worst nice. performance. Um, and, like, just her, like, there was, like, stops and starts in between, like, he'd finish a line. And then it was, like, it was, like, you know when you're acting with, like, a kid? Yeah. And they don't fucking listen to you? They just wait until you stop speaking mm. so that they can say their line? That's what it was like. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, it was bad. She did show her boobies, though. Boobies are good. It's always a win. I do like boobies. It's always a win. Um, but the movie is not good. It's like I read somewhere that people were saying that Eight Mile was a copy of Purple Rain, mm. and it's not. Uh, that's like, like yes, they're both about musicians, but <laughs> <laughs> they're completely different movies. The yeah. uh, Eight Mile has a plot, and there's way more. Mom spaghetti in eight mile. There is way yeah, more mom spaghetti. Facts. Facts. It's it's kinda like saying that uh Puss in Boots and Life and Pie Life of Pie are the same movie because mm. there's cats in them. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, like it's like saying cats <clears throat> the movie and cats the musical are the same, but one is infinitely worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. One yeah. is much worse. Yeah. I don't even like the musical. Oh, God. No, terrible. no but the fucking movie. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the other thing that I didn't <laughs> like about the movie, and this is just like, it, it's one of those things where it really doesn't hold up, and not in a fun way where no. you're like, you're like, you know, there's old 80s comedies where you're like, eh, that was a little gross, that joke, yeah. you know, or oh, that was a little racist. It wasn't like that. It was like, the whole movie is about like Prince be- living with his parents. His dad's super abusive. And he's like, oh, I'm going to defend you, Mom. I can't believe that Dad's like this. And then at one point, his new girlfriend comes in and gives him a guitar that he had been looking at. She, like, pawned her shit to get Mm -hmm. it. And this musician that Prince doesn't like is going to help her with, like, her career. 
And so she gives him the guitar, and she's like, yeah, this guy's going to help me. And he just cold cocks her in the fucking face. <laughs> and, like, it comes out of nowhere. That's and the... then the, the rest of the movie, he's stalking her and, like, ruining her performances and shit. And the whole time, the other guy is, like, not, like, he's kind of creepy, but he's not, like, stalkery, mm. that's right? The, that's the best way to receive a gift. Yeah. Like, just, like, fucking throw a punch right just after. Just fucking deck of fucking no, when I, when person in the face <laughs> when sarah got me my ps5 for christmas oh man you kicked her in the pussy no she played the you know she, she's an actor too she played the meat in rocky and i was <laughs> sylvester stallone <laughs> just kidding just kidding just just kidding we're making jokes just making jokes we're making jokes we need to clarify uh, if you need to ask sarah <laughs> to confirm yeah you can spousal uh, abuse is not funny like we're not making light of domestic violence but uh, when Prince does it, especially, it's funny. It's really funny because Imagine. it's jarring and came out of nowhere. Yeah, and, Prince and then his dad blows his fucking brains out. Nice. And then the movie actually gets better in the last like twenty minutes. Shocker. Um, <laughs> and and like the last three songs that he plays in the movie, because like it, it's like there's gonna be there's three bands that work at this club. Yeah. One band hates his band. He doesn't like that the girls in the band are like writing Purple Rain, basically, yeah. right? And uh, uh, so he like is arguing with them about having mm. their song in the set. And then the club manager is like, look, there's another band that we're going to do, which is led by Prince's girlfriend. Mm. And uh, he's like, yeah, so we can only have three bands. So we're probably going to have to cut you guys. Mm. So it's their last performance. And Prince that morning after his dad had blown his brains out, writes the lyrics for purple rain deep. And then he goes on stage, and without telling his band, so they haven't had time to practice this, mm. he turns to them and he's like, we're going to do a song that the girls wrote. And then the girls are like, what? He told us he didn't want to do our lame song. And he literally said that. He's like, I don't want to do your stupid song. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and then everybody in the band just knows the song. Nice. And knows, I love that movie magic. Knows where his like like lyrical breaks are gonna go and everything. Mm. Uh, and the crowd loves it. And they hated "Let's Go Crazy." They hated everything else that he has ever done. Mm. So he does that. Then he does "I Would Die for You." And then he does uh, "Baby I'm a Star." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what ends the movie. Nice. Uh, and the girl loves him, and you know uh, uh, his dad. I think recovers from blowing his fucking brains. How does out. that happen? Uh, well, he did a shitty job of shooting himself oh, in the nice. face. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the the other guy, the other guy in the shitty band, he he grows a respect for Prince because uh, of Purple Rain. Even okay. though Prince didn't write the song, like he no. didn't, he just wrote the lyrics. He was kind of improvising them, honestly. Nice. Yeah, it's a bad movie. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But the album isn't bad. The album is not bad. No. no. So. Let's get into about the artist. Let's get into about Prince. About Prince. So, Prince Rogers Nelson was born June 7th, 1958 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's distinctly known for his flamboyant andronomous andronomous androgynous. Androgynous. Got Fuck you. me. I I'm sorry. Uh, he's distinctly known sorry. for his flamboyant <laughs> androgynous persona. Nice, dude. His wide vocal range, which included a far-reaching falsetto and high-pitched screams, yes. and his skills as a multi-instrumentalist, often performing all of the instruments on his recordings. Mm -hmm. um, his great-aunt was a black nationalist named uh, Mitty Maud Lena Gordon, 
uh, who established the peace movement of Ethiopia and advocated immigration to West Africa in response to American white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Her name was Mitty Maud Lena Gordon. Fucking long name. Yeah. Uh, his mother uh, was a jazz singer named Maddie Della, uh, and his father was a pianist and songwriter, John Lewis Nelson. Uh, they were seven-day Adventist Christy lovers. Ooh. Yeah, they were very serious about the, the, the god. Uh, the jazz drummer Lewis Hayes was his paternal cousin. Damn. Now, I kind of feel like he might be a little bit of a nepo baby, <laughs> 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 only because like his dad did have like some success, yeah. and and his his paternal cousin was uh, pretty established. And I'll get into it a little bit later, but he uh, was helping write songs in high school, and he actually mm. wrote like a hit for another band. Nice. Uh, so, but the other band was led by one of his relatives. Ah. So he kind of like he kind of like had this like he weaseled his he way weaseled in his way in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, but obviously the 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 talent stands is, out. It's almost genetic, I'd say. If yeah, you, if you have a family full of musicians, and, and especially that many musicians, yeah. it's like there's something in the blood that is just like you are musically. Yeah, it's definitely gifted. he has a genetic thing for writing. Smash it. Oh, yeah. And especially mm-hmm. playing that many instruments. Mm-hmm. Like, he basically could pick up any instrument and just no, he's fuck uber, around uber and learn it. talented. Uh, okay, so he's named after his father's popular stage name, Prince Rogers. In 1991, Prince's father told a current affair that he named his son Prince because he wanted Prince to do everything that he wanted to do. Prince at the time, though, didn't like the name, mm. and he wanted to be called Skipper. <laughs> That's what I. That's what we call, my dad calls his father Skipper. Skipper. Yeah. You know what's really funny? There was a guy in uh, in my hometown uh, whose name was not Skip, mm. and he insisted everyone called him Skippy. Mm. He was in his fifties. One of the weirdest things I've that ever seen. That is strange. Yeah. Like, he, he, like people would be like, "Oh hi," and they'd say his real name, and he'd be like, "No, it's Skippy." That is strange. Very weird. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't either. It was very creepy at the time. I was yeah. like, that is a strange name no, to insist I don't like on. That. I, but going forward, I want you to call me Craft Crunchy. Craft Crunchy? Yeah. Craft yeah. Crunchy? Yeah, Craft okay. Country. Craft Craft Country? actually kind of a sick stage name. Yeah. That is a sick stage my new, name. That's my new stage name, Craft Country. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he was born epileptic and had seizures as a kid. Oh, wow. And then at one point, he just walked into his kitchen and said to his mom, I don't want to be sick anymore. I'm not going to be sick anymore. And he somehow just stopped having seizures. <laughs> That's a miracle. Right? Prince like, can do everything. He can literally do anything. Okay, so... He wrote his first song, Funk Machine, on his father's piano when he was seven years old. Uh, His parents divorced at ten years old. Uh, Now, this is where, like, he starts to have a little bit of a rocky back and forth because his mom remarried and had another kid, and he fucking hated that kid. Nice, that's good. Yeah. It's a good dynamic. Good dynamic. (laughs) Good dynamic Um, in the household. But... His, he said that he liked his stepdad because he took him to see James Brown. Oh, that's cool. Which is good. Bring uh, it on up. Bring it on up. Uh, and then he also helped them financially. Uh, and then his father gave him a guitar, and then that uh, that kind of inspired him. Like, those two events kind of inspired him musically mm-hmm. a lot more. Uh, but after his dad gave him the guitar, he quickly just kicked him out of the fucking house. <laughs> so he moved in next door with the next-door neighbors. Nice. And lived in their basement. And... Became friends with their son, who became 
Andre Simone, who later toured as a bassist in the pre-revolution band and had the top ten hit Dance Electric in 1985. That's cool. Really fucking random and cool. Yeah. Um. Now, Principi- uh, he attended Minneapolis's Bryant Junior High and then Central High School, where he played football, basketball at a varsity level, and baseball. Damn. And while attending Bryant, he also trained in classical ballet at the Minnesota Dance Theater through the Urban Arts Program of Minneapolis Public Schools. What the fuck, man? This guy does everything. He does literally everything. Like, what the fuck? It's like he's in Glee. Yeah. It's like, oh, he can dance, he can sing, he's in the football team, he's on the baseball team, he's on the basketball team. Yeah. He, yeah, he's in the ballet. He's doing he's like, literally <laughs> everything that he wants to yeah. do. He's yeah, just that's like, crazy. It's super fucking nuts. So in 1975, Pippi Willie, which was the husband of Prince's cousin Chantel, formed the band 94 East with Marcy Ingvoldstad and Christy Lazenberry. Uh, they hired Andre Simone and Prince to record tracks. Willie wrote the songs and Prince contributed guitar tracks. And then Prince and Willie co wrote the 19, uh, 94 East song, Just Another Sucker. Which this song uh, ended up like becoming really popular for mm. that band. He's still in high school and he writes. That's this pretty song. nuts, yeah. Um, so the band recorded tracks, which later became the album uh, "Minneapolis Genius," uh, the historic 1977 recordings. Uh, so after graduating high school, he created a demo tape with producer Chris Moon, but they were unable to like get a record contract yeah. because of this demo tape. Like it wasn't. It wasn't crisp enough, basically. Mm. Like, it, the, the production just wasn't there. So, after that, he brought the tape to this guy named Owen Husney, who was a Minneapolis businessman. And he signed Prince, like, to a management contract. Yeah. Prince is 19 at this point. Signs him to a management contract. They re-record the demo. Mm. They send it out. And now they've got offers coming out. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, nice. Uh, So he ended up signing with Warner Brothers, who gave him complete creative control and let him keep the publishing rights. Okay, that's pretty nuts for being like 20 years old. And yeah, I mean, I guess he had a bit of a proven track record. But at the same time, like your first record deal to be, um, you know, getting all the publishing rights, getting, you know, complete creative control. Like, that's crazy. It's crazy. And and, and especially when it's like, you know, uh, you talk about like people who get like a big break right Mm -hmm. that's a fucking massive one yeah that is a pretty big break because like even people nowadays who we talk about that we know as like big stars didn't Mm. really have like that like creative control and publishing rights no definitely not like taylor swift is in a battle right now over publishing rights the only one i could think like to think that would have like a good amount of creative control right out of the hop would be like tarantino Mm. be the only like you know, when I think of like big movie directors or big artists, artists yeah. like Tarantino, I feel like he's always been able to do his own thing, like right off the hop. Um, but other than that, but, but that's just based off of his strong writing. I mean, yeah. I guess Prince, it's kind of the same way. Yeah. Off of his strong writing, off of his previous hits he wrote. And then, um, you know, the qua- the quality of the demo tape really just got him all- everything he wanted as an artist. And I think also it helps, too, that he was trained in other 
aspects yeah. of music. You mm-hmm. know, like he's a classical fucking ballerina. Like, well, that's it's just insane. it's super it's super impressive that he could literally he could walk into a, a meeting and he could pick up any instrument and play it for you. Like, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty convinced to be like, yeah, have g- g- go for it, go kid. For run, it. run with it. Yeah. Okay, so then he moved to California and recorded, wrote, produced, mixed, and performed his debut album for you which reached number 163 on the Billboard 200 and 21 on the Billboard Soul Chart. On this album, he played 27 instruments. Wow. So that's, that's crazy. fucking insane. He follows that up in October of 79 when he released the album Prince, which was number four on the Billboard Top R&B and Black Albums chart and number 22 on the Billboard 200. And it went platinum. Uh, this one had the hits like, why you wanted to treat me so bad and I want to be your lover. Mm-hmm. It sold over a million copies, reached number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, and then it was number one for two weeks on the Hot Soul Singles chart. Wow, nice. Um, he performed both these songs on American Bandstand in 1980. He follows this up by releasing the album Dirty Mind, which contains sexually explicit material, including mm. the song titled Head, and the song Sister. <laughs> and it was described by uh, our good friend, Stephen Thomas Earlwine, mm-hmm. who's uh, been referenced a few times on this podcast, as a stunning, audacious amalgam of funk, new wave, R&B, and pop, fueled by grinningly salacious sex and the desire to shock. Nice. It was recorded in his own studio. Album was certified gold. Single Uptown reached number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was also opening for uh, Rick James on the Fired Up tour that year, <laughs> uh, which is fucking again, uh, crazy. I'm so so tempted to do the. <laughs> I'm Rick James, bitch. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Fuck your couch. <laughs> Fuck your couch. I'm Rick James, bitch. Okay, so in fe- uh, I had to. In February of '81, he made his first appearance on Saturday Night Live, performing "Party Up." And then in October of 81, he released the album Controversy and played several dates in support of it. The first of three opening acts for the Rolling Stones on their U.S. tour. Now, in Los Angeles, there was a notorious incident where he appeared in a trench coat, black bikini briefs, and was forced off the stage after just three songs by audience members throwing trash at him. Because at this point, he's doing something that people at the time were really uncomfortable. You know, that would fuck up my self-confidence if I revealed my body and people threw garbage at me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was like in front of an audience, I was like, hey guys, look at me. And they're like, oh, fucking gross, dude. (laughs) I'm sorry, Prince is hot. Yeah, Prince is good looking. He's so hot. And he's like definitely a sex symbol of the 80s. Oh, 100%. Um, Okay, so then in 82, he released the double album, 1999, which sold over 4 million copies. Mm. Title track was a protest song against nuclear proliferation and became Prince's first top 10 hit in countries outside of the USA. Uh, Little Red Corvette was one of the first two videos by a black artist, along with Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, to be played in heavy rotation on MTV. Nice. Now, uh, when I was doing the research for this, they talked about the CBS president, Walter Yetnikoff, again, and how he was like, Fuck you if you don't play black artists. I'm going to pull all, all my artists. Nice. So he really, like, helped with all of this, right? Yeah, um, he came in clutch for Michael, too. He came right? in clutch yeah. for Michael. Uh, so International Lover earned Prince his first Grammy Award nomination at the 26th Annual Grammy Awards. Now, 
uh, Purple Rain comes out the next year. We've talked about that Fuck, a bit. Fuck, man, it's banger after banger. Like so good. Like that's a yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Like 1999 is a great album. It's an yeah. outstanding album. Mm-hmm. And like honestly, even like Prince, like his second album. Yeah. Uh, like I want to be your lover is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking. It's so good, yeah, and nice. it's a perfect transition from the 70s into the 80s. You know, like, mm-hmm. it really feels like that transition song. Um, in 85, he announced that he would discontinue live performances and music videos after the release of his next album. This wasn't true. He basically, he did stop for a while, but it wasn't 100% true. His subsequent recording, Around the World in a Day, held the number one spot on Billboard for three weeks. From that album, Raspberry Beret reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100, and Pop Life reached number seven. Then in 86, his album uh, Parade reached number three on Billboard and number two on the R&B charts. That's the one that had Kiss in it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he – there was a movie (laughs) – Another one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that uh, was parade was the soundtrack for it, yeah. and Prince was in it, uh, and it was not good. No, it was worse than Purple Rain. Mm. Uh, it tied with Howard the Duck <laughs> for Raspberry yeah. Awards for Best Picture. And you see, this this makes me laugh because like there was something about the eighties where they gave. Uh, like musicians, like movies, like fucking Madonna. I can't, I can't, I have a vivid memory of being a kid and watching Madonna in a movie. Yeah. There was like a white tiger involved. I don't fucking remember. Well, like even like, uh, you know, uh, 30 years earlier, it was Elvis. Yeah. Oh yeah. In, in Elvis had every movies. single movie. Yeah. And, yeah. And then like the, the, the monkeys were, had a TV show. Like, yeah. yeah, there's something weird in that time period where they gave musicians, um, TV shows and or movies, which it's weird because, I don't understand why they don't understand that musicians are not actors. No, and I guess it really depends on the person because even now I yeah. guess they technically do. They're like Harry Styles is a, you know, one of the biggest music acts right now, yeah. but he's also in tons of big movies. So I guess they still are doing that to a certain oh, extent, totally. right? But but um, at the same time, there there's exceptions to the rule, right? Like there's like Lady Gaga on A Star Is Born. Yeah, and I'm like. Okay, she's fucking amazing in that. Well, yeah, and I mean, she has a like a musical theater background, and Harry Styles' first big movie, I guess, was Dunkirk. Yeah, and like they're working with big, big directors, but it's not the same where they used to kind of pump out campy, like cheesy or like, yeah. shitty movies for musicians. Like I think a good chunk of them now, like unless you're on Disney, like Disney, every actor, actor, or actress is a musician. Yeah, um, but yeah, I guess they just do still kind of do that, but. You want to hear the best part, though, about this movie? Yeah, go on. Prince received Golden Raspberry Awards for Worst Director, Worst Actor, mm. and Worst Original Song for the song Love or Money. Now, in the same year, though, he wrote Manic Monday for the Bangles. Nice. So he's like, he's, you know, he's getting yeah, he- a plate full of shit, and he's also delivering gold well that's like the thing about prince too is like he's written so many songs for other artists artists have covered his songs and they become hits yeah like i mean the big one is nothing compares to you yeah um like that's a that's a cover of a previous song he he had made and but he never released it until uh like he didn't release that actually Mm. warner brothers released it after his death like two years ago Really? I thought, yeah. I thought it was rec- like I thought it was recorded in 82. It was something. recorded yeah. but it was never released on Never things. released it. There was actually uh when they were going through his uh he had like a basement safe mm-hmm. and there was over 150 albums that whoa. he had completed. Whoa. whoa, whoa like whoa, whoa. yeah. That's nuts. So he had so much shit that he had written. Which kind of makes a little bit of sense too when you think of Prince cuz he's kind of like a recluse 
type yeah. celebrity. Like he wasn't doing a lot of interviews. He wasn't, you know, doing like crazy stuff on TV or no. like like he was very to himself. He was hardly out in the world. No, which makes sense why he would be sitting at home just fucking making music all the time. And after he made his first couple of albums, he went back to Minneapolis. Yeah. Like that's where he then lived for the mm-hmm. rest of his life. Um so in eighty six he began a series of live performances called Hit and Run. Uh, which was the parade tour. And after the tour, he disbanded the revolution, fired Wendy and Lisa. Mark Brown quit the band. Keyboardist Dr. Fink remained. So Prince recruited new band members. And then he started recording an album with uh, the revolution. Yeah. And he wasn't involved with it at all. He was just like producing it. Oh, nice. Um, in 1993, he changed his stage name to an unpronounceable symbol, <laughs> which, if you don't know, it's like this. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to. Does this look like it? Okay. And it's known to fans <laughs> as the love symbol. Uh, and he was often referred to as the artist formerly known as Prince oh, yeah. or T-A-F-K-A-P. Or simply the artist. Yeah, that's a, like it gets a little too much for me. It's so dumb. Yeah, like fucking, so fucking dumb. Like sometimes too. Like even now, like it makes me think of Kanye West. Like I was listening when they were talking about him having his meltdown. They were talking about it on CBC Radio. They're like, "Yay!" Formerly known as Kanye West. Oh, I was God. like, ah, ah. No, I hate that. Yeah, and you know what? He did change it back in nineteen. 19- uh, 98 because of course he would that's a dumb fucking idea you're like, like yeah man that was kind of stupid I'm like <laughs> yeah no the, the symbol is cool and like it's cool when he has the guitar as the symbol and like yeah the you know I get it but changing your name to something you can't even fucking say like no it's so dumb so there's only a couple of things left with the artist here yeah let's knock through it uh, so in 2014, he guest started on on a new episode of New Girl as it was his favorite show, and he asked them if he could do it, <laughs> uh, that's which wicked. is so that's weird. Cool. And he played himself, and apparently, like the cast, I, I saw an interview years ago where they were talking about it, and they were like, "Yeah, he was kind of like you know just quiet and weird, and he would just be like, yeah, I can't stop yawning. I apologize. No, it's okay. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty boring, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. It's it's me. Uh. <laughs> okay, so. On April 21st, 2016, he died at the age of 57 of an accidental fentanyl overdose. Mm. In August 21st of the same year, he was posthumously inducted into the Rhythm and Blues Hall of Fame. He sold over 100 million records worldwide, ranking him among the best-selling artists of all time. Uh, He also had a track list of, like, some of the most attractive women... Mm. At the time, he dated Vanity, he dated Kim Basinger, Carmen Electra, Madonna. Uh, he was a notorious vegan. Yeah, notorious. Notorious Ooh. vegan. Ooh, he was well known. He was well known as a vegan. He was also a Jehovah's Witness. He converted in like mm-hmm. 2001. Um, I knew that he was a Jehovah's Witness, yeah. Yeah, so uh, in April 19th of 2018, the previously <laughs> unreleased original recording of Nothing Compares to You from 1984 there was released as a single. So that was going to be on Purple Rain. Okay. Which is crazy because, like, watching the movie and also having listened to the album a shit ton, I'm like, I don't know where it would have fit in there. No. Because you would have to take out something else and it wouldn't have been the same. All right, so notable track lists <laughs> and singles. Let's do this. Let's get <laughs> into it. Let's go crazy. U.S. Billboard Hot 100 number one. Yep. Certified gold. 
One Dove's Cry, first number one hit. Uh, American Music Awards 1985 for favorite black single, and it won. It was two times platinum. Uh, I love I love the thing at the start of that song where it's like, you know, in the oh, background, yeah. yeah, whatever he's doing with his voice, and it's like a weird like fucking vocal thing going on. It's a we- he's got like a really crazy like I can't vocal even know taste. what it, I can't even know what it, yeah, but it's like got like a like a like a weird gurgly sort of like, yeah like that yeah it's like visceral yeah do 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 yeah, good fucking t- do, do, do. good fucking track. Okay, uh, I would die for you was yes. number eight on Billboard. And fun fact, this is actually a song about Jesus. Mm. Uh, a lot of people do not know that, but he wrote it because, like, uh, I'm not your lover, I'm not your friend, I am something you will never comprehend. Mm. Uh, I would die for you. Uh, tell me if you want me to, and it's about Jesus, which mm. is really weird because in the movie, it's about a girl. <laughs> um, this is this is my favorite song on the album. It's a good one. Yeah, no, I really like this song. I would die for you. Who? Yeah, it's so Tell good. me if you want me to. Do, do. Okay, so uh, next song, Purple Rain, reached mm. number two on the Billboard Hot 100 and stayed there for two weeks, but it kept off the top spot by... Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham. Nice. Uh, okay, the coolest thing about Purple Rain is during the Super Bowl halftime show in 2007, Purple Rain was the last song in his set, and during his performance, it started to rain, and because of the purple lights in the stadium uh, that were on him at the time, there was actually purple rain fl- coming down on him. It, it didn't even just rain a little bit. It, it poured. fucking poured. And you could see it bouncing off the fucking stage. It's, it's it's like probably up there in the best Super Bowl performances of all time. It's incredible. It's nuts. Yeah, no, it's a pretty special sort of thing. It's like there's a couple videos like that where bands were playing in the, the rain. I know there's the the famous one, the Goo Goo Dolls, mm. playing Iris in the Rain in, in Buffalo. Like that's yeah. a big one. Then this Prince one, obviously. I'd give so up forever yeah. to touch you. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Like fucking when musicians do not give a single fuck no. and they just play like no matter what what the fuck's going on. Like, do you know how hard that would be as a comedian? Mm. People would be walking away and I'd just be like, please stay and listen to my dick jokes. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's an awesome performance. Uh, Prince absolutely kills it. And he's like the, the show must go on type of guy. Like, oh, he's, yeah. Yeah. No, it's fucking wicked. He does not care. Uh, so the last notable single the risque lyrics of Darling Nikki. Mm. Now, this is interesting because it raised complaints by Tipper Gore, uh, who Al Gore's previous wife. Yes. Uh, she hated fun. Um, she was really <laughs> against good things happening. Nice. She famously fought with uh, 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 the band that's saying, we're not going to take it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. They went to. Um, they went to court. Oh, Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, D. Snyder was famously in court basically saying, like, fuck off. It's music. Like, yeah. Um, but she heard her daughter listening to Darling Nikki. And because of the lyrics. She decided she needed to campaign against this because this is smut and no one should be allowed to hear yeah, it. Yeah, you got to love that. You got to love that Go censorship. Go burn some books while you're at it. No, yeah. actually don't. It's bad for the environment. It's, it's really bad for, bad for the environment. Yeah, Al would not let that <laughs> Al happen. Al would not no, like that. Al would nix but that But they idea. are divorced now, so that, she might good. be okay with it. That's true. That's uh, true. But yeah, she, uh, she campaigned against it and then... 
partially because of that song was the implementation of the parental advisory mm. stickers. So it was Twisted Sister and Prince that influenced that, mm. which, you know, became notorious for people wanting to pick up records because you would see that on, like, a fucking CD. Yeah, that's, uh, like, a big thing. I remember even when, like, CD era was kind of fading out when I started, like, buying music myself. But I remember going to, like... Um, Oh, fuck, I'm forgetting the name of the fucking store now. HMV? Yeah, HMV. Yeah. And then you see the explicit ones, and you would pick up the album and have a look, and you're like, oh, fuck. Looking at the CDs, like, oh, I bet this has got some fucking shit on it. And I would yeah. be like, I want this. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even matter if it was good. So fuck you, Tipper. Yeah, fuck you, Tipper. Why don't tipper. you go Tipper off a cliff? Yeah. yeah. Tipper tipper off a cliff into the gore. I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that works. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be gory. It'll be gory. Okay, so reset. Uh, it debuted at number 11 on the Billboard 200. Really? It spent 24 consecutive Ooh. weeks at number one from August 4th until January 18th. He also joined Elvis and the Beatles as being the oldest, only artist to have a number one album, single, and film in the U.S. at the same time. Mm. Uh, it's 13 times platinum in the U.S. 25 million copies worldwide. Insane. A quarter of his all-time record sales are from Purple, Purple Rain. Rain yeah. uh, it won the Academy Award for Best Original Song Score, the Grammy for Best Album of Original Score Written for a Motion Picture or Television Special, and Best Rock Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. Nice. Uh, Metacritic gave it 100. Whoa, fuck. 100. Fuck yeah. Uh, Pitchfork, All Music, Guardian, Mojo, and the Rolling Stones, all 10 out of 10. Blender. Four out of five. Spin was nine out of ten. It also received, uh, well-received by contemporary critics, Kurt Loder, writing for Rolling Stone in 84, compared Prince to Jimi Hendrix and praised him for merging black and white styles. Uh, Stephen Erlewine, who we've talked about a lot, uh, of all music, wrote that Purple Rain finds Prince consolidating his funk and R&B roots while moving boldly into pop, rock, and heavy metal, as well as pushing physically... In, uh, or heavily into psychedelia uh, under the influence of the revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the revolution really is like one of the things that makes this album so good. Yeah, I think this is, is this the first album where they actually is Prince and the revolution? Yeah. I think it's the first album where he actually included the re- revolution as, as the artist. Yeah. Um, which is cool. It is really cool. And it makes sense because, like, they they fucking were such a big part. It's of it. got that same thing the Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band does. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost a second thought, even though they had a huge impact on the actual music itself. Well, and like, they also alternated back and forth between number one for yeah. a while afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. like eighty five was this album and uh, Born in the USA, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Like, really crazy. Um, okay, so criticisms. Hmm. What do you have? Well, okay. This is the first time I'm ever going to say this, but I feel like some of the songs could have been longer. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that is a first for you. I usually think everything could be shorter, um, but I could personally listen to the last two minutes of Purple Rain forever. Mm. That could loop forever. Just that fucking guitar riff, yeah. everything. Oh, God. And the, the like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> fuck. I could listen to that forever. Um, now, if I, I I'm having a tough time even thinking of a criticism. In all honesty, um, it's such a classic album. I really have a hard time picking something out. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I were to criticize anything, it might be the 
the album cover a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it is so cliche. Yeah, I'd probably criticize the album cover, like the, from the fucking writing to the, like you didn't even pick a cool motorcycle. Like you picked no. like a fucking like touring bike. And he rode that in the movie all the fucking time. Like if you're gonna pick a motorcycle, like don't pick one with a windscreen. Like fucking lame. Yeah, no. It's like, <laughs> who needs safety? So if I'm picking, well, he's not wearing a helmet, so he clearly doesn't give a fuck. That's true. And he is riding in like a suit. Who rides a motorcycle in a suit? I will say this: the the, the what he wore in the movie also really pissed me off. Yeah. Because I was like, this does not look comfortable or yeah. anything. So my criticism is that he's got bad taste in motorcycles. No, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Good. good. No, I like that. That's my main criticism of the album. And font. And I font. like the font. Yeah. And the flowers on the back. Kinda, Actually, uh, the the font on the back of the album is annoying too because every track title has a different font style mm. uh and that's very distracting um okay so rating all right this is the juicy part here every, this might be a high uh, a very high one for us i think this is gonna be a high one now every episode we rate out of technical musical lyrics mm-hmm. album art reception and does it hold up let's go all right so technical crazy. let's go crazy um dearly beloved yeah, we are gathered here do today. It, do it all over again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get through this thing called life. Uh, okay, so dun, dun, dun. technical. I mean, it is mixed very well, and it does sound good mm. still. Like, to this day, it's 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 one of those albums that doesn't really sound dated from a technical standpoint. No. Um, I would rate it probably like a 9 out of 10. I was... My gut feeling was also nine, so let's go with nine on yeah. it. Yeah, I feel like nine out of ten is fair considering, like, it, 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 you know, you listen to the digitals, and, like, even when they've remastered it, it doesn't really sound much different from back no. then. It, yeah. And that's a testament to, like, how much effort he put into the production of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with a nine. That seems fair. All right, musical. Uh, we got to go high on this. Yeah. Especially, yeah, I'm going ten. I'm going ten on I'd music. go ten with yeah. this as well. I mean, this is, like, I mean, he's known, he's a hit maker, but some of his biggest songs like his biggest song is on here and then um yeah i'm going i'm going 10 i'm going 10 as well mm-hmm. uh i would say for lyrics i would also go high especially because of the controversy that was around them yeah like i uh it wasn't until i was listening to it this time that i really paid attention to darling nikki and uh i really liked the line like i met her in a hotel lobby masturbating to a magazine <laughs> Prince is a dog. He's That's a one thing dog. you're gonna learn about Prince. Prince is a dog. He is a yeah, dog. Uh, yeah. I would I would rate the lyrics probably a nine out of ten as well. Okay, I'm gonna go eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay, yeah. so we're at like an eight point seven five right yeah. now. We're is that is that sound math? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, album art, I'd go lower. I it's pretty fucking weird. I don't know. I'd it go, is it is it is a classic though. I mean, it is I, I didn't criticize it, but uh, I mean, I'll go seven. Yeah, I'd go seven on it. So we're at like we're at uh, about an eight out of ten. Uh, reception, I mean, it was across the board Tent. tens, which yeah, is fucking yeah. insane. So I mean, and I don't know a person that has listened to this album and hated it. No, I don't know anybody actually that has a problem with Prince's music, Mm-mm. which is which is what's interesting because it's different from Michael Jackson, where like a lot of his stuff is very dated and people like there's obviously personal reasons and like, and, and stuff outside the music that taints it. But with Prince, it's weird because I've noticed, like I've shown Prince to people and they've been like, fuck, this is really good. Okay. One thing I noticed too, like I hear Prince on the radio more often than I would hear Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you don't, Especially now, yeah. You but hear, even, you even hear 10 mostly. Years ago. You hear, I hear way more Prince than you hear Michael Jackson on the radio. Yeah, 
Um, and and honestly, like it it I think there's a reason for it. Like yeah. I think it's because like it is so well received. So I would go ten with the reception. Oh yeah, yeah, tens. So we're right. at a we're at a nine out of ten now. Uh, does it hold up? Absolutely. I'd say yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So nine out of ten for purple. Nine Red. out of ten. God let's make damn. let's make it a nine point three. Nine point three. Yeah. Fuck our math. Nine point three. Nine point three. I like that number. I like 9. that 3. number. Nine point three for Prince. Yeah. You know what? That is excellent. Yes, that is excellent. All right. Phenomenal on the scale. Great. Phenomenal. phenomenal. Great. Phenomenal. All right. Well, thank you so much for thank listening you. to Misfits on Vinyl. Uh. Anal contusions. Pow! Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Streichert and me, Aaron Walsh, and of course produced by Sam Sam the Tech Man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's Misfits on Vinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.